Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the girl taku today will be about ISTP anime characters. So, it's about 10 episodes ago that we last talked about MBTI, and the last time we talked about ENFJ anime characters, which is my personality type. So, today we are talking about ISTP anime characters, who is Agnes's personality type. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, and we, you'll see why she's so gluey about this whole thing. So uh, <laughs> a quick rundown of ISTP is I stands for introvert, S stands for observant, T stands for thinking, and P stands for pers- uh, perse- perspecting. And so uh, I, once again, like last week's episode, um, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into the cognitive functions and describing exactly how the ISTP personality profile works, simply because I want to take this time to discuss the anime uh, anime characters and how they fit into exactly the personality profile. So like last time, I've drafted a list of ISTP anime characters, and Isabel got to choose which ones that we would like to talk about this week, since Agnes was feeling a little embarrassed from the list. So uh, without further ado, here are 13 ISTP anime characters, and we're going to discuss six of them. Um, last time, we went pretty long, so I'm going to try to move it along a little faster this time, but... Uh, first character is Levi Ackerman from Attack on Titan is an ISTP. Uh, Usui Takumi from Maid-sama is an ISTP. Shin Nozen from 8686. Kyosoma from Fruits Basket. Ueno Yamakun from Given. Son Hawk from uh, Yona of the Dawn. Shinya Kogami from Psychopaths. Rei Sua from Buddy Daddies. Toka Kirishima from Tokyo Ghoul, Yosano from Bungo Stray Dogs, Iwa-chan, I'm sorry, I don't remember his full name. <laughs> we had this conversation, Gracie. I know, I know, and then my brain just erased the name. So, uh, Iwa-izumi from Haikyuu, uh, Kabakura from Wotakoi, Love is uh, Hard for Otaku, and our favorite of them all, Zero Kiru from <laughs> Vampire Nights. Oh, good um, lord. It comes full circle. So in case you people are listening, are like, huh, this seems to be a list of some of the most popular anime characters in existence. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> ISTPs are very well-beloved, very popular, very thirsted after um, most of the times male characters in anime. And I do find it funny that it happens to reflect real-life percentages as well. A common thing about ISTPs, ISTPs aren't very common already in regards to percentage-wise out of the 16. But in particular, when it comes to the gender breakdown between guys and girls, it is like a vast majority of ISTPs are guys and a very, very, very small majority, a a small percentage of ISTPs are girls, which Agnes happens to fall into that uh, small percentage. And uh, Agnes has said before, uh, or at least she felt a little called out when we were discussing MBTI once, is that um, a lot of ISTP women often feel like they don't they don't 
quote unquote, belong with other women because it's so rare for them to find other people who are similar to them. And as a result, most ISTP women grow up spending a lot of time with guys rather than girls. And guess who Agnes grew up spending a lot of time with? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. I spent most of my middle school and high school with guys. And I think it was only until probably my last year of high school and my maybe like the last couple of years of college, I was starting to befriend more girls, question mark. <laughs> so that, that tracks, that definitely tracks. Yeah, Agnes actually went on her first shopping trip last weekend with us girls. That was her first ever shopping trip she's ever had with just girlfriends to hang out with. So it was an interesting experience for her. It was very fun. But that is something that has been consistent amongst ISTP women is growing up. It, they felt like they didn't really quite belong with quote unquote women. And so they mostly hung out with guys. And lo and behold, as you guys can hear from my long list of ISTP anime characters, only two of them are actually female characters. The rest of them are male. In fact, if I had gone on to 20, that might have remained the only two female characters in anime who are ISTPs. So just an interesting sort of percentage breakdown and Isabel got to pick which ones she wanted to talk about specifically today so the first one she picked is Levi Ackerman out of the list of 13. Isabel why did you pick Levi to discuss? (laughs) I think it's obvious Levi Levi is one of the most popular characters in Attack on Titan and I personally like him as well so that was the reason why I chose him um, to discuss on this podcast and I'm pretty sure you two also like Levi as well from the series is that right? Yes. Hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know exactly, you know, obviously what makes him ISTP other than, you know, kind of his laid back kind of manner and kind of his logical personality, which I kind of see with Agnes as well and based on um, our interactions. And I'm just curious to see what Agnes will say about her, you versus Levi. That would be interesting. Um but yeah, I just like his, he's obviously a character who is very collected out of the team. And it's interesting that he's not the leader as well. Um, I think he, I always wanted to see him in a leadership type of role, but he never was. But he still does in terms of commanding his own troops. Like he's very close with them, even though he seems very cold and standoffish. He's still that type of character who will, you know, care for them in so- in some sort of way, especially, you know, with all the deaths happening and things like that. Even though he seems like the type of pre- character who's types, you know, who would say something like, oh, we just have to leave our friends to go. We They are going to be extra baggage for us um, in the long run. I think he does, um, he's still able to kind of care for them and word things in a way that will make them feel better because he feels that way too, but he doesn't just show it emotionally. And I think that's uh, a trait that most ISTP characters might have because they're more, they have, they may be emotionally, uh, they may have these emotions, but they'll take, you know, keep it on the inside. And I would, I would say put logic over that. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think Levi also has that tendency or other characters as well? Agnes, what do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the, the moment that Isabel started talking, there was a lot that she unpacked there. And I'm like, oh God, I see it. I, I definitely see it now. <laughs> um, when I first saw Levi in Attack on Titan, and this was when I was reading the manga too, I didn't actually think that Levi was like me or had similar traits to me because for one, he's a clean freak. I am not a clean freak. I am a slob. That is the first indication that is very different from us. And so I would have th- would have pegged him as sort of the um, the judging 
part of the M- uh, MBTI with the J. Oh, yeah. Said, because mm-hmm. usually J's are like very organized. They're very tight. They want everything like they're kind of, they can kind of almost become freaks depending on how far the spectrum they are when it comes to organization, cleanliness, etc. But when you boil it down to his other personality traits and how he operates outside of just, you know, being a clean freak, he is very resembling of me. He has, he takes, uh, he's not a natural leader. He gains a lot of trust from other people, especially like Erwin and the troops, and he does, and he does care for them as, as they care for him. But he typically doesn't like to assume the leadership role because it's kind of like putting a spotlight on him. And that's kind of how I'm in the same position as well. I don't like to take leadership positions, but I'm willing to support people who will actually take that position instead. I'm much more preferable being in the background as the supporting cast. Um, and the second thing that was really interesting that we pointed out is even though Levi seems like the J because he's like a clean freak, he's actually very spontaneous with the things that he does. So one of the most memorable scenes I remember in season three was when Levi is going against the um, Zeke when he like, transforms into a Titans and he has like this massive row of Titans that is about to storm the city, right? And Levi comes up with this incredibly um, insane plan on how he's going to take down the titans but he kind of goes into it brain empty instead of an actual logical plan and i was sitting there and i was like you know i probably would have done that too (laughs) so that's my take on levi is that he is very similar in the aspects of the istp where he's very spontaneous with his actions but it's also backed by an incredible amount of logic and perception and able to understand and extrapolate things around him but he is also very caring and wants to support people who will carry out a vision that he agrees with bringing up a point which is istp's abilities to adapt in situations where so one thing that is particularly unique for istps is that they are problem solvers in like a quick at the moment sort of problem solving and we see it at anime trending all the time for the listeners who don't understand because yes we have multiple problem solvers but there's different types of them is the thing we have to think of so if something comes up in anime training, that is a discussion, sort of a conflict that we need to sort of discuss. Um, we have James, who is also very logical. He is a T, so a thinker. But he immediately goes into the methodology, you know, like what like what led to this problem? How do we get there? You know, uh, what sort of steps like what is the step in the middle that came to this problem sort of thing? But when Agnes talks, you can and you can immediately see their difference in this regard is that Agnes is immediately is like, OK, let's find a solution. Solution A, does this work? Solution B, does this work? Solution C, does this work? And um, that's they're both thinkers, but they're reacting to the situation in completely different ways. And that is and that's something that we do see Levi use a lot. Well, mainly because of the world he lives in. He's kind of has to think on the fly like that. But he doesn't linger on any problem. Like, even after, like, Aaron got kidnapped in season three, like, actually got kidnapped instead of the fake, like, kidnapping route that they did, which was kind of funny. Um, But after Aaron, like, got kidnapped in season three, for real, you know, the other characters are like, what do we do? And Levi's like, we regroup and we find a solution. That's all there is to it. And then it's like when um, when his uncle suddenly attacked him and actually killed members of his team, which he wasn't expecting, what is he does? His, internally, he regroups and he was like, new solution. And there's like no hesitation to it. And that's very ISTP-like is to immediately go for that. All oh, right, this isn't working. New solution. Time to think of one. And so um, I think that's probably one of 
the most defining characters for Levi that is very present and that we see Agnes use a lot when she's an anime trendy. <laughs> so um, another thing is, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it already, Agnes, is that yes, uh, and for you, Isabel, as well, you know, you'd think that Levi would want to be in a leadership position, but ISTPs are surprisingly self-aware of the fact that being in leadership requires some form of outright empathy and ability to sort of emotionally connect to people. And they're also extremely self-aware of the fact that they struggle with it. So by that by that point, they kind of like disqualify disqualify themselves from leadership. Like I feel like Agnes, you've been aware of that fact of yourself for like forever. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I've had a lot of people who've told it to, like, straight to my face, like, oh, you're not very empathetic, or how could you feel what I'm feeling, right? And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I guess you don't want to talk about that. Um, and so I've always never really been comfortable with a leadership position because as a leader, you have to deal with those types right. of people. I don't like dealing with those types of people in the first place because it's messy. There's no real solution. There's no real way to solve the problem other than to talk to the person. And I'm an introvert, so I don't already like talking to people. So that disqualifies me from the leadership position. But I do appreciate taking a more leadership position when it comes to a technical aspect, such as troubleshooting, for instance, like which is what I do in my work, um, as opposed to actual like people management. And this is why Levi works on his very, very own hand-picked team to hunt Titus. Exactly, so. yeah. So... There was a really interesting, we talked, uh, I think I talked about this with Mehdi, uh, there's a really interesting uh, MBTI video about ISTPs from Love Who, which is a YouTube channel on YouTube, and they mentioned how ISTPs tend to like to work with people that they are like very well coordinated with, so people that match their mm -hmm. skills, or ISTPs uh, typically like to work alone as well. So if it's, if it's a group of people where it's like a diverse skill set, but everyone is on the same kind of caliber, that's where you can see the ISTP can be a leader, but they'll only be a leader at the more technical level as opposed to a more personal, higher management. And I level. also believe you guys like working with smaller groups rather than being in charge of a Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I despise big groups. That was me in college and me having to take the reins for everything because everyone was equally useless. Oh, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mitzi Wars here. <laughs> also very <laughs> Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so... That was very unprompted, by the way. That was not scripted <laughs> at all. Actually, none of we do here is scripted, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah. No, nothing we do here is scripted. Um, but the second one we have is Hawk from Yoda of the Dawn, literally one of the hottest anime characters in existence, in my opinion. And so um, why did you pick Hawk, Isabel? Well, yes, you just stayed there because he's one of the hottest guys in existence. <laughs> That's the only him. criteria. Mm -hmm. Yes. We love you too, Agnes. Uh, <laughs> oh god, that gives me secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of things about Hawk, um, but I think the one of the things I like to point out is that he, I think he's very sweet to Yona overall in the series. Um, and also the fact that he thought of himself, um, at least in the series, um, because Suwon had, you know, killed Yona's uh, father. Hawk never forgave him for that, and um, and ever since then, you know, every time he even thinks about Suwon, he he's always super angry about it, or he goes into this type of, um, I guess, kind of headspace that's really dark and really scary, at least to me. And actually, and a lot of the times, Hawk even says 
to Yona, you know, just use me as your bodyguard. That's what he would have wanted in his life, to be kind of the bodyguard for him. And he would have been happy seeing Yona married off to Suwon at that point. That was kind of his thought process uh, before everything happened. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that he would be allowed to be used kind of as a tool because he knows that he's best at what he does as a bodyguard. And um, and that's obviously one of the things that made me like him as well, just because he is so devoted to his work and then also caring about the people that he's with, especially Yona in that sense. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why. But Agnes, what did you think about Hawk in general? Did you ever see that or did you just kind of like him at first as a character? <laughs> Hawk is just great. That that was all my opinions when I was reading the manga. I'm like, Hawk is great. I aspire to be like him. And lo and behold, look at me now. <laughs> um, but the one thing I will say about Hawk that you mentioned about how he is very like serving towards people that he trusts. And I can definitely see that myself in Hawk as well. Um, I have a very similar relationship when Hawk when Hawk takes his work very seriously, as I do with my own current job at Anime Trending and also my day job as well. Um for the people that work with me at Anime Trending, I am very close with them and I see the future with what Anime Trending is doing and what we're trying to do as a community. And as a result, I try to devote myself almost like maybe like 90% to maybe like 120% sometimes when I'm like going to the extreme just to make sure that we achieve that goal. And I can see Hawk definitely doing that too because his goal was to become, you know, Suwon's bodyguard. But now that that dream has been, you know, basically shattered, he has to now support and save and help Yona as she becomes, tries to become like the new queen of the region. So one thing I want to talk about with Hawk is that, and to sort of call back something that you've spoken about, Agnes, is that when someone becomes like dead to you, they are dead to you, you know? Oh, yeah. We talked about the, the last couple episodes. Yeah. yeah, they are absolutely dead and to I me. And I wanted to say like that's you don't exist. very distinctive actually between Hawk and Yona, funnily enough, regarding Suon, because Hawk you know, is never forgiving Suon for that matter. And ironically, Yona, while she'll never forgive him, has started to sort of accept his presence and specifically what he's doing and why he did what he did. Even though, you know, she still doesn't like him, to say the least. And she certainly, um, and she certainly is never going to be friends with him again. That much is certain. But there is a part of her that sort of is just like, this happened because of these reasons. And I understand. And, uh, and Hawk is kind of like, this you know it doesn't matter <laughs> like he's he's dead he's a dead man to me and so I felt like that is very present in him that like a very unique thing in regards to his character that have stood out to me that I definitely see reflected in you for sure yeah uh, and so another thing I do want to know is that um ISTPs for all their claims of lack of empathy and i say claims because if anything is it becomes increasingly evident as you even watch these anime characters is that they actually feel a lot <laughs> they're just not very good at like accepting it or admitting it is what it is so uh, hawk for all like you know for all his bravado is like intensely intensely and intensely emotional about yona and i feel <laughs> like agnes is the type of person who would literally stab someone <laughs> if like she finds out what someone she cares about got hurt <laughs> like i'm sorry but <laughs> no i i would i definitely would 
I've like joking so like some some of my other online friend groups, you know, like something bad happens to them. I'll jokingly say like, "Where do they live? I'll stab them for you. <laughs> like I'll shank them for you." Like I'll say it jokingly, but I probably like edging maybe like 40% 50% probably commit who knows like I feel like if you saw a friend like got mugged or something and you just happened to be like several steps behind you would literally like oh so there is actually a story about that oh yeah (laughs) about a mugging so I was in Japan and we were at the train station and there was so my, my mom and my family were in front of me they were going through the turnstile and there was a lady behind me that was also going to do the turnstile too. And there was a robber that swept up from behind the lady and stole her bag and basically like jumped over the turnstile. And I was already at the turnstile. So I was trying to like wrestle him at the turnstile and stop him from fleeing. And at one point he broke away from my grasp and he tried to bolt up the stairs out of the train station. And I was just about to run after him. I was like two steps up on the, on the, uh, on the stairs before my family started yelling at me to not do that. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I don't, I don't do this. And so I stopped. Tell me the difference between that and uh, Erwin yelling at Levi to let something go because Levi was going to go after him. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. And I think the, the robber was kind of surprised to see like this tiny Asian girl, like full of like rage and about to like store up the stairs and actually kick his ass for stealing something. So <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, it, yeah, ISTPs are actually do feel a lot of intense emotions they're just not great at admitting to it or um even understanding their own is the thing that actually um results in a lot of like lashing out from ISTPs that's something very specific to them is that they'll they can go from zero to 100 very very quickly and you're sort of like why or you don't understand it's also because they don't quite understand their own emotions either and so (laughs) they can't help but just get angry at that fact or frustrated so um, which is why Hawk, Levi, actually all these characters have moments where they just like are ready to just punch people out because it's just they've, they've gotten to that 100 from the zero. So yeah, so also one last thing about Hawk that I think is very prevalent is that Hawk- <laughs> it's, it's getting longer and longer. <laughs> well, okay, one last thing from Hawk is I, but I do find it a necessary point out because I think he's one of the ones like with a love love interest yeah he is okay that we're talking about today i mean uh zero doesn't count zero zero is zero is our shame so um, zero is just the simp that's it we will get to him but he's our shame so um with hawk specifically you know isabel you mentioned where hawk doesn't really fight for his love for yona he's sort of like completely comfortable or like settled to the fact that he would just love her from afar and support her and do everything to protect her and stuff like that ISTPs don't really fight for the own, their own feelings. Agnes, like, you need to start fighting for your own feelings a little more. Like, you can't just stay on the sideline and be like, that's enough, and that's me, like, loving and caring about them. Like, sometimes you gotta just be direct, okay? Okay, so... How about no? <laughs> no, yes. I think I've to no. fight for that. Like... No, please don't put me on this spot. Oh. Yeah, because, like, when Hawk was doing that, I'm like, Hawk, like, you know, like, I don't know, 100, 200 chapters, and I'm like, just tell her, what are you doing? Just go for it. Like, it's so frustrating. <laughs> me, me patting Hawk on the back, like, I feel you, bro. I understand. <laughs> and to this day, Agnes still has trouble being, like, openly, like, loving <laughs> towards us. It's like, Hell I know, like, I know she loves us, but I can tell it's a struggle for her, so. <laughs> why are you like this Agnes <laughs> I 
you know, I ask the same questions to myself. I don't have an answer for that. So. All right. Um, all right. So we have Shinya Kogami next, and we know that's Isabel's man. So, Isabel, how do you feel? About <laughs> Isabel's that? man. I feel great. I like Kogami a lot. He is my wallpaper for my phone, so I see him every day. <laughs> Such a simp. <laughs> I yes, I am. Um, but yeah, I really like Kogami from Psychopaths, and um, he's. I would say he's kind of like the main character in Psychopaths, other than Akane. Akane is the main character, but it's kind of her, I guess, her viewpoint as for us in the watching the series to see kind of what goes down between the protagonists and antagonists of the series, and um, and the fact that Kogami. I think for him, mostly for me, it was the, his kind of sense of justice. I think that may be what ISTPs go through they have a strong sense of justice mm-hmm. it may not be objectively the correct sense of justice uh, but to them in logical terms is their sense of justice mm-hmm. um, so it was very nice to see kogami go through that and fight for that um, and i think you can see as well in his backstory kind of where you know in the start of the story we see him as an enforcer working under akane and the other inspectors when Actually, he was an ex- inspector before himself. It was because he got into some type of conflict trying to get revenge. Um, the, and thus, he was downgraded to an enforcer. And even as an enforcer, I could, we still kind of see him doing whatever he kind of wants to based on what he what he feels is correct and what he needs to. And not only that, throughout the series, we see him kind of go through um, other methods of like trying to get a gun, for example, and using that to kind of uh, to you know, fight the enemies um, based on what he wants and who he possibly wants dead. Uh, yeah, and then not only that, he's also I really like the scenes that he has hand to hand combat, which I associate with Agnes because she knows how to fight, and I I'm scared of being thrown by her someday <laughs> because I'm pretty sure he would or you would. No, I could never not to you, Isabel. Okay, but you would definitely throw that robber. I I, I feel like you could have caught him. So oh. I, I I almost did. Oh I my god! Did. I yeah. honestly think she would so. have if she didn't get stopped. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure she would have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see that he trains himself as well. I think that's very like for me when it comes to training, I will probably like on and off days and things like that. But I think for you, Agnes, and maybe ISTPs as well, they are very consistent in what they do and training their skills to get to where they're at. You know, whether it's, you know, combat or physical or maybe even being um, in a job or things like that, they'll make sure that they their skills are developed to the point that, you know, they can do the job efficiently and correctly uh, to the best of their ability. But yes, yeah, so what do you think about that, Agnes, or what do you think of Kogami overall? Kogami's great. I love it. I like that you talked about his moral sense of justice, too. because I think I talked about this with Gracie about this, that... Even though ISCPs kind of don't give a f- most of the time, they surprisingly have a very strong moral very, compass Very, very strong. I'm, I'm that- going to just say that on the opposing <laughs> end where I was like, no, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of squiggly the rules and, and act is like, no. And so I was like, okay, so. Because <laughs> there's like, there's certain things where like you can bypass the rules and kind of just do whatever you want. But once it starts impacting other people and impacting other processes, you're like, okay, that is definitely not okay. We probably shouldn't do that because otherwise we'll fall into these traps and then we'll not be able to pull ourselves out of it, right? Um, And it actually catches a lot of people off guard um, when I kind of like spout my moral compass and they're just kind of like, oh, I thought Agnes went along with it. And I'm like, no, you're dumb. That's what you are. (laughs) Um, 
Uh, and then the second thing that I think you mentioned about Kogami is being very consistent in terms of regimen. I think this is very yes and no. Um, I am currently going through a period of my life where I'm kind of like off my regimen of training, mainly because of my current work shift. And I don't have a lot of time to train and I kind of get very lazy, which is also another aspect of an ISTP, which is very interesting to look at. But when I was much younger, I definitely was like on a very uh, consistent training regimen when it was coming to martial arts. And then now currently at my job, it's like every single day is basically training you to do more and more and more. And you kind of just have to like throw yourself in the fire. And that's how you learn. Um, and that's how you adapt as well to all these like random situations that comes up at work. So I think that is where the highlight of the ICP comes from is that because they diligently train every single day, like the typical like shonen montage, they're able to adapt to all these insane situations that happens within the series that nobody would expect. It, and uh, on that note as well with, uh, you know, training regiment and stuff like that, I, something that you pointed out, Isabel, that I think you did a good job. And I don't know if Agnes, you're even aware of this, but uh, there. So ENFJs and ISTPs, letter-wise, are completely opposite. But believe it or not, they're actually pretty similar in certain areas because they share the same cognitive functions, just in different orders. So m mine is one way, and then hers is mirrored, so it's like backwards. And so basically, what you find out is that when two types share the exact same cognitive functions, just like opposite or mere reflections of each other is that they share very very intense similarities but their methodology is very different and what like what's going on behind the scenes is very different and the perfect example is that you know we talked about ENFJs they're also very goal oriented they are going to reach their goals and that's they go they take step by step by it, and they're very like regiment about it and they're very methodical about it but one thing that you pointed out, Isabel, with Kogami is that when he's doing it, it's all about becoming better and becoming more efficient and having it be a more reliable source of skill. That is a very ISTP thing that is opposite of ENFJs because when ENFJs are doing it, it's because of the emotions behind it. They feel something out of it. And so they are going to accomplish it to get that sense of accomplishment, satisfaction, joy versus ISTPs are a little more like quote unquote technical about their things, about their passions is that they're going to get good at it because it's a good, B, more efficient, a C, it's a good skill to have sort of thing. And Agnes, do you agree with me in regards to like how you know, we're, we can both be very intensely pursuing something, but sort of our methodology and our thought process behind is where it pulls apart. Oh, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I've gone through multiple periods of my uh, of my life thinking like, what other skills can I get, right? <laughs> like thinking like, uh, as if like you're like playing in a game and you're like trying to pick up like new spells or something, right? That's exactly like me in real life. So like very recently, I've been thinking about like, you know, it'd be nice if I could get like some camp survival <laughs> skills. Like, you know, if I had to live out in the wild by myself because of an mm -hmm. apocalypse, it'd be nice to have some camping skills. Or I was thinking very recently, like, you know, skydiving sounds really cool, too. Like, what if I get, like, you know, in an accident on a plane and, and I have to, like, you know, dive out the window? It's all you know, very practical applications <laughs> for the stuff that you work towards is the thing. Exactly. So that that is a, a very on point uh, observation about my type. Alrighty. So our next one, our beloved character from an anime that we are never oh, going Jesus. to leave at this rate that we're going. <laughs> um. So Isabel chose Ray Sua. Isabel, why did you choose to talk about Ray? <laughs> 
I chose Ray because he is a gamer. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, that's the funniest thing that you've said because literally when we started episode one of Buddy Daddies, Gracie was typing me on side. He's, she's like, I think Ray has like Agnes vibes. I'm like, and I joked back with her. I said, what? Because he's a gamer. And it's like, is that all gamers are? Just ISTPs? Because like Nico's a gamer. You're a gamer, Isabel, but you're not necessarily an ISTP. So I'm like, where does the stereotype come from? And now you say that he's a gamer. I'm like, okay, I guess this makes sense now. <laughs> oh, yes. I just showed because out of the people on this list a lot of them i think what you point out gracie as well when we were talking about this before is that a lot of them are characters that are combat heavy or very shown shown in heavy they're in life or death situations yeah yeah uh but, i mean so is ray i mean so is, <laughs> is ray exactly but we see him actually chill out that's true, play video that's games true. and see kind of like the life that agnes would be <laughs> sometimes i would say in terms of being lazy and playing video games on end I'm and screaming. I don't know if you like cereal like like Ray does, but I, I definitely did that this morning. I spent like four hours on FF fourteen today, so Yeah, that was one of the surprising things I learned about you that you're actually like when you're into a game, you're like into it. Yeah, I can be pretty intense into it, yeah. I will basically harp about it until like the world ends. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like, I could never do it. Like, I play, if I play a game, it'll be probably for the fun of it. And then I probably might drop it, um, especially more things to do now. But I think you always, like, keep up with it. And you have a, a very strong fan group, at least from what I've heard, that will keep up with you as well in playing games. That is true. Um, but I think part of it was because I grew up with guy friends that always talked about video games. So I was always kind of like in the know of things. And eventually it just kind of like integrated as a part of me because I wanted to play those games too. I never mm -hmm. had a chance to play video games in my childhood. So using that knowledge that they had when I was in middle school, I would continue to keep up with the trends. And then when I finally got my PC, I'm like, all right, it's time to go. Let's do this. <laughs> so then I went like full force into it. And I still keep up with it because like you said, I now have gamer friends that continue to play games even though the middle school friends I no longer talk to anymore. And not only that, like I thought it was very cute that Ray uh, at the beginning of the series he wanted to adopt a stray cat. I thought that was very random. So maybe you have also these bouts of spontaneous things that you oh, want. Mm -hmm. Um I do like cats and I did have a cat when I was in middle school, so that kind of checks out too. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the cat ran away on its own, um, and we lived in an area before that was infested by coyotes, so I don't, we don't think that she lived for very long. Uh, but I've always liked cats. I never liked dogs. Dogs are a little bit too hyperactive for me. So, um, And cats tend to... Actually, most animals like me, which is very funny. Um, I've visited other people's houses before, and they have like very rambunctious dogs, or they have dogs that hate people, and somehow they still like me. And the same thing goes for cats, too. So I guess I'm an animal person, question mark. That's very cute. I like cats too, so I wish I could have some cats. Yay, <laughs> cat buddies. Hell yeah. Well, one day we'll go see Nico's cats. Oh, yes. That would be great. If sweet. I get rejected by Dopeo, Nico already said it's game over. So, <laughs> 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 um, so um, Agnes, we have a bit of a funny story about Ray's uh, MBTI because, like you said, I started off by saying Ray's vibes gives me like Agnes ISTP vibes. And then. Um, and then we joked about how, oh, LOL, if, you know, Agnes and I were a couple, this is literally how we would react adopting a kid. And then, like, not even a few hours later, we checked, like, the MBTI database and we're like, crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
because it was exactly our types in regards to the characters, but I already did my episode, so I don't have to talk about Kazuki. Yay. <laughs> um, but Agnes, how do you feel about your similarities with Ray? I feel like Ray in particular, because of the fact that, like Isabel says, we see moments of him just sort of living his life the way he wants to outside of just killing. You've had a lot more moments of being like, oh, crap, I, I am literally him. Like, uh, like, have what are those moments for you? <laughs> it has literally exposed me from inside out. You have no idea. <laughs> Like, the moment it shows the first shot of Ray sitting there playing video games until, like, 6 in the morning, there's trash literally everywhere from everything that he eats and consumes, and I'm, like, looking at my own desk, and I'm like, shit, that sounds, that's pretty, um, that's pretty on point. Like, right now on my desk, I have three cups of mugs that I've been drinking for the past two days. I have a box that I was eating breakfast out of. I have a bag of cough drops because I am still sick. And I have a lot of paraphernalia on my desk that I haven't cleaned up in a little while. So You're killing me, Agnes. I want to clean up your desk. <laughs> <laughs> now you're cussing keys. Stop it. <laughs> um, but yes, Ray has exposed me from inside out because he has a lot of very bad habits that I would look at him and be, oh my god, I did not want to be him. But also, I am him, so I'm in a pretty situation um but ray also has a lot of very introspective moments especially in the last part of buddy daddy's where he confronts his dad and basically allows him to feel things that he didn't mm. get to feel before and take control of his own situation his own life which i also think is very emblematic of what icps feel like in the inside is that because they suppress their emotions so much they just do their job like how ray just does assassinations for the organization but he never has a chance to actually express it. And when he does, he has to make a radical change in order for that to be realized, which is very different from a lot of other personality types because a lot of personality types are much more willing to let themselves go and tell people up front what they want to do or they're actually capable of doing it themselves already without needing to tell anybody else. So I thought that was a very interesting dichotomy that they had with Ray in the finality of uh buddy daddies and really show that even though ICPs seem like very like carefree they do whatever they want they kind of can't do whatever they want because they're constricted by their own feelings I was gonna so say you know you one of the episodes that really got to you was Ray's focused episode but it wasn't even the ending which is what most people were excited about is like he smiled because Miri sings happy birthday to him and it was really sweet and loving the fact that his partner and um essentially his daughter had this surprise birthday party prepared for him and stuff like that but it really really got to you in that moment that he did kill his mentor I'll bet very unwillingly but he did it and but it was just like he's so muted about the whole thing he's incredibly muted like you know when you typically see an anime scene where it's like the student versus the mentor right there's usually like an outburst of feelings where the student could be where the mentor was like how could you do this to me? And the student would be like, I didn't want to kill you too, you know, kind of thing. You, that's like a very stereotypical situation. But the entire interaction between Ray and his mentor is so muted. They don't even exchange words. They just kind of go at it. And Ray doesn't even try to think twice about like how he feels about it. He just need, knows that he needs to kill his mentor to get approval from the organization. And I was also going to ask, like, did it... Like, or, I mean, I can tell that it impacted you, but like, <laughs> by the way, I'm passionately talking yeah, about like, it. I can yeah, tell it impacted you, but did it like hurt in a way? I guess to like understand or be Ray in that moment, you know. <laughs> 
it didn't hurt because at that point I was just like, ah, yes, I understand how you feel. Therefore, I do not feel hurt. I just oh think it's <laughs> I cannot relate to this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can. Um, I mean, I guess like, you know, you've definitely experienced loss before in your life. Like, did it feel muted for you for in a way when you've experienced that loss? Uh, the aftermath is very muted. Okay. Um, everything that happens after kind of goes by in a blink of an eye and you don't really feel anything. You just kind of go through the motions and your brain, because it's like so logically wired, it keeps reinforcing the idea that you just need to get by day by day. You can't keep thinking about this. You just got to keep going. But it compromises your own emotional capacity to feel like to feel that you've lost somebody and properly grieve for him, which is what Ray wasn't able to do in that final, in that eighth episode, was that he couldn't grieve for the fact that he had to kill his mentor, who I think he probably looked up to quite a bit based mm -hmm. on their interaction. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, some of the sweeter parts of Ray as well is, of course, his interactions with Muti in particular. My child. <laughs> your child, yes, My your child. child. <laughs> Um, I think one funny thing is that ISTPs in particular have been noted that they have a little difficulty at the very beginning in regards to connecting with children and um, working with them. And we see that at the beginning, too. Ray didn't really want Miri to call him Papa. And um, and he uh, there's a lot of times where he's just like, I just don't know what to do with this girl. <laughs> you know, this is a, this is a baby, a, an animal that I do not understand. La <laughs> so, creature. Um, but once he, like, starts to bond with Miri, he, like, bonds hard. Like, hardcore bonds. <laughs> yeah. and so, and it's, like, instantaneous. You see it. And I was just like, I feel you, my dude. I understand. Yeah. And I think what's also funny, or a difference between Rei and Kazuki that shows up, is that, um, and this is actually good, is that one good thing about having ISTP parents is that they kind of treat you like a mini adult, which is bad, quote-unquote bad, in the sense that, you know, kids aren't mini-adults, and so there are certain levels of responsibility where you do have to, like, parent them and guide them and basically lecture them and stuff like that. But then the good part of that is that you do take their opinions seriously, and thus they feel important and they feel like they are powerful and independent and stuff and so Kazuki and Rei kind of like fill in those two roles separately because Kazuki is the one who lectures Miri he's the one who's like you know telling her hey don't do this and stuff like that and like constantly watching over her and stuff like that so that parenting part where you have to you can't treat the child as a mini adult you have to treat the child as a child but then Rei fills in the point of treating her like a little adult so she knows so she feels like her opinions matter her decisions matter and stuff Stuff like that and that is like an ISTP thing of being a parent where they do kind of just see the kid as like a, a little adult is the best way to put it uh, um alrighty then so our next one that we want to talk about is actually our first girl on the list and it is Tolka from Tokyo Goal so I have a question for you Isabel one do you sort of see more similarities between Tolka and Agnes as her being like the female character who is ISTP which once again is very very rarely seen as they tend to be mostly guys and then my second question to you is do you see similarities between Tolka and the all the other guy characters we've talked about yeah those are very good questions um in terms of Tolka being a female ISTP and seeing her or comparing her to Agnes uh 
I, f- I have a hard time doing that just because I think there's a lot of, I mean, Toka goes through a lot of character development uh, from her obviously starting off the series as a ghoul and her viewpoint because she's basically, you know, no longer co- or no longer really considers herself a human. Um, I think outwardly, I think I do see the kind of similarities that she has with Agnes. She's usually, at least towards her friends, she's kind of the more quieter one and mm-hmm. she wants to go along and make her friends happy. So she actually puts up with eating human food when it's actually disgusting. And she later goes in the bathroom and throws it back all up because she can't actually eat it. Um, so I can kind of see Agnes doing that, you know, just to keep kind of uh, the harmony in the group and making friends like that. Like she wanted to fit in as normal in school. Um, but when it comes down to how she actually feels and, you know, the things that happened in her past regarding her family, um, the fact that, you know, um, she feels very strongly against, uh, I think it was the CCB, I forget, CCB, uh, he, her logic is that she actually doesn't, like some other, some of the other goals are like, we should make a world only for goals, like humans don't matter or something like that. Uh, but for her, it's more of becoming or having the CCB kind of be less or like have a world where goals and uh, humans can both exist. And so her reasoning is a little different and it's actually, she's kind of like in the middle between what the humans want versus what the ghouls want. So I feel like Tok was in a very interesting space. Um, and then also the fact that as a, as a goal, she, you know, with the um, other goals altogether, she is a little different uh, from them. And then, I don't know, she just grows as a character overall, but, and then she's like, her emotions towards her uh, friends are very strong. Um, so I don't know. I feel like those are the types of the things that I don't really, or I haven't seen in Agnes, just like her emotionally maybe processing things or actually communicating. Uh, because at one point, Hinami, one of the characters she really cares about, Toka, she she does something that she thinks is good for Hinami, but Hinami actually just runs away and uh, Toka realizes, oh, what I thought was good for her is not actually what she wanted and therefore Hinami just ran away and so I think she grows in the series when she realizes that communicating what she thinks is better for other people is better than just assuming things and then trying to make decisions for them which is what I think also um, you know ISTPs might just jump in and make decisions and uh, get people to do things the way that they think is right Um, but for the people being commanded or being told these things they might not act the same way as they would expect. Um, so I think there's a communication there um, that I haven't seen, but I'm pretty sure Agnes might have experienced it with her other friends or things like that. Oh, yeah. I have that definitely experience with my family mm. in terms of this, um, mainly because I'm Asian and also I'm an introvert, so I typically don't like to explain myself when I have to do things. So the pretty typical trope is anything that's related to technology. So a lot of my family members aren't very great at using technology. And if they ever have to ask me about using something or like, how do I access this function or how can I turn this off? I usually just tell them straight up, like, just give it to me and I'll do it for you. Right. Um, And part of it in my brain is because I think that it's good for them that they don't have to worry about it. As long as I have to do it for them, they can just go on their merry way. and They don't have to worry about it anymore. But the real problem is that a lot of the people who 
want to learn how to do something on their technological devices do actually want to learn how to use it, but I'm not as willing to give out that information or I think it's too much of a hassle. Um, that goes equally for my mom when she's trying to figure out how to do her phone or my grandfather who I recently bought a new computer for and he was trying to ask me like things like, oh, are you able to fix it? Like, what's wrong? Is there anything I can help? I'm like, no, I just need to go buy it. <laughs> so this is a very like, this is a very ongoing issue with me trying to understand that I do need to communicate things more to people when it comes to my decision process so that they can understand and also help contribute to finding the solution overall. Because like you said before, not all ISTP decisions are actually the most correct one. Um, and the second point that I want to talk about, because you mentioned it very interestingly, is that Tolka actually still goes along with everybody else eating human food even though she can't eat it and that is typically also kind of like what I usually do when I go to functions or when I'm hanging out with friends if there is something that I don't like but I know that if I explicitly say it it will like bring down the mood of the group or if it will actually like change their perspective of me or other people I will typically prefer to go along with them and just let them enjoy it. And then I just kind of like eat minimally or do it very minimally so that it's not to my level of discomfort. For Toka, the fact that she actually has the throw up, I could never do that because I also have, I have migraines that is also associated with certain things that I eat. So I would not want to throw up all the time, but I will try to accommodate myself for the group as much as I can so that everyone just has a nice chill time. Yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, that is an element ISTP that, you know, Isabel, you you are, <coughs> Isabel, you are extraordinarily good at observing <laughs> these things, by the way. Yeah. yeah, like all these traits that you're observing in all these ISTPs have been things that Gracie and I have been talking about for like years since she discovered that I was an ISTP. And you're not in so those I'm conversations. Just kind of, so no, you're not no. in those conversations. So I'm just sitting here and I'm like, so oh my God, where did Isabel do her homework? It's very, very, it's like, it's, it's very stunning is what I think, but uh it's very thorough, yeah, too. Yeah, very thorough. It's extraordinarily yes, that thorough. That is another point of ISTPs that we haven't brought up yet until now is that while, yes, Agnes would not make herself throw up for it, it's more the thought as to what led to that moment. You know, Agnes is willing to be uncomfortable versus Toka. Because she's a goal, she really can't give herself away. And so um, so she just straight up uh, resorts to throwing up and stuff like that. But um, a thing about ISTPs that gets underlooked a lot and you'll actually and if you guys really think hard about the other characters you'll notice that they do do this but it's just more subtle compared to Toka where we actually see it happen with her is that they actually care a lot about the harmony of a group that genuinely is something that they need and it really bothers them if that harmony isn't there in fact if that harmony isn't there they kind of nope themselves out of there because it feels so uncomfortable to them um and this is something that is funnily enough shared by esfjs and enfjs once again doing the whole like there is a lot of similarities but also extreme differences as to the methodology of things you know, ENFJs for me, like if there's any sort of harmony problems in the in the issue, I'm immediately trying to fix it, you know, because I, I sense it and it bothers me and I'm going to go in there and try to re re resolve it and find a solution, talk it out with people versus ISTPs are like, I need to get out of here because it makes me feel so uncomfortable. But if the, if it's them who could potentially contribute to the harmony of a group being disrupted, they will be like, I will shut up and not say anything if it means keeping that the same. And so, and that's, you know, exactly what Toka is doing. Toka's with a group of friends that she really cares about. 
and there is a harmony in that group. And she knows internally if she doesn't eat with them, it, like you know, or if she somehow gives them any sort of suspicion that she could be a goal, it disrupts that harmony. And she that dis, like she despises that. She's gonna do whatever it takes to ensure that she is in control of it to make sure it doesn't go away. And which results into her eating it and then throwing it up in the bathroom. And, you know, that is, you know, something, Agnes, you've said so, like, you've admitted before. Like, I, I think you had a little bit of trouble admitting to it, but it's like, yeah, you do care a lot about the harmony of a group. And if it gets disrupted, it actually bothers you a lot to the point where you're like, I want to Yeah, it, it does. I think it's because when I was much younger, I would equate it as, I just want everybody to be chill because I like to be yeah. chill. But then when we actually spell it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do actually care about the people in my group. Like, I do want to make sure, like, everyone's at least chill, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm just like, you know, it's okay as long as I'm not the problem. Yeah. So I just need to just, like, <laughs> But if myself. it is you who's the problem, that's the things that you would go to to make sure it doesn't become a problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would either, like, lock it away or, like, purposely, like, extract myself out from that situation. Yeah. So... Uh, that is a very good point that you've made, Isabel. Um, and yeah, I'm very impressed that you're like just eyeballing these things and just get bringing it up to the forefront. So, um, alrighty then. So next we have the other girl on the list, Yosano, who Agnes actually loves a very, very much. Yosano's a badass. I talked about her in the in the the last episode, one of the last episodes. Yeah. So you absolutely love Yosano. So Isabel, were you surprised to see Yosano? know on this list like you know how did you feel when you saw that she was an istp yeah for yosono i thought it was interesting just because i hadn't seen too much of her uh so i feel like her character is maybe because i'm equating it to her kind of like sadistic side of want wanting to (laughs) i just think that's wild to me i don't see agnes in that way at all and oh mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm actually not surprised she has that kind of ability <laughs> yeah i'm like agnes do you want to confess to something to isabel right now regarding your fantasies um <laughs> i y- y- no <laughs> um, but i will say that i do have a very self-sacrificial kind of personality which is something that you'll see a lot with yosano in the beginning of bungo stray dogs where she lets herself basically blow up from the lemon bomber just so that she can get back right at him. I would definitely do something like that. Um, and she does something very similar in Bungo Stray Dog Season 4, which I know that you haven't caught up yet, but she has a lot of really cool moments where she does that too. Yeah, and maybe in her pa- I don't know if they go in her past arc as they well. They do with the, in her past. I know there's something with the butterfly that she keeps to her. Do you right. something like that? Yes. I think that's really cute to have something. A memento? Yeah. Uh... I don't have mementos of my dad, which is probably the person who's passed away in the same extremity as Yosano having that butterfly clip. Um, but I do have a lot of his old clothes that I still wear because they fit me. And apparently they look really good on me. So I still keep those. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, but I actually don't have much on Yosano. So Gracie, I'm going to pass it to you to ha- have any observations between her and comparing that to ISTP or Agnes. Mm-hmm. The only issue is that it would dive into some spoiler territory oh, if we fine. go that far. But I don't know okay. how much you guys want. It depends on how much you guys want to spoil, but yeah. Gracie, take uh, well, it away. Well, I'm actually not going to go too much in this, into the spoiler activity. Uh, add that. 
spoiler activity, uh, uh, believe it or not. So one thing about Yosuno that I thought was interesting is that Yosuno also, you kind of get to see her in a little bit of a more relaxed state, thankfully because of being part of the agency. And so she has a good tight support group um but she's a bit of a troll <laughs> and agnes is a bit of a troll <laughs> to say the least oh, um it's really funny because a lot of people at anime trending think i'm like super serious yes <laughs> which is like not the reality of and it no, at all i love nothing is safe from meme materials for agnes I, i'm just gonna tell you guys right now if you say something ridiculous Absolutely not. she will make it into a meme and she'll immortalize it <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean we see that sort of a mockery that yosano does to um the people around her but most specifically she only does it to the people she actually cares about which is something also agnes does agnes is only kind of mean to the people she cares about she's not mean to people she doesn't care about so i just thought i'd like to point out that specific in regards to their affection so well, it's also because, like, you know, if you're mean to other people that you don't know and they react very emotionally, you're just like, oh, God, how the f*** do I deal with this? Because I've dealt with a lot of people who are, like, quote-unquote, more sensitive. And it's really a pain in the ass to deal with them because then they feel bad, you feel bad, and it's just a bad situation all around. But with my friends, it's like, they can take it. They're fine. <laughs> they can take a little bit of meanness from me. <laughs> Another thing that we did touch upon already is that Yosano does share that form of justice that, um, that... Uh, Kogami specifically you've spoken about that it's a very hard line sort of black and white sense of a, of justice that they feel in which case um ISTPs are strikingly good at holding themselves to their same sort of morality like moral lines and ethical lines and so it's like even if they've broken it in the past they don't excuse themselves in fact there's a part of themselves that kind of hate themselves if they have broken it in the past and that's something we do see with yosano specifically in season four especially is where that really comes out on the forefront and it's a type of justice that is very very similar in shading and even like just overall ethics and morals to kogami as to how much of like a hard line they draw in regards to these actions and how much they excuse people uh do you know what i'm talking about agnes yeah, I do. Um, not so much in the series, but also like in my own life. Like if I screw up at work, like that is like that mistake. I must never do that ever again. Yeah, you so hold that close, like very intensely close as well. Yeah, it, it feels like intensely close, and you you feel like very overwhelmed, and you you know you kind of got starts to spiral down into some very deep holes that you don't want to spiral down into. Um, and then at that point, when you when once you crawl yourself out of it, you're like, I am never going back there again. Absolutely not. I can make any of the up mistakes but it cannot be the same yeah <laughs> i feel like anytime like something has hit you hard agnes is when you feel like you really screwed up on something that you determine no one should screw up on including yourself and it's because you've determined no one should screw up on and you did it it's like become this like terrible thing it just kind of clings to you yeah it's it's a bit of a high standard which is really interesting for an icp because you would think that they don't have high no, standards, but they kind of ISCBs do. do they have they very, have high, very standards. high standards <laughs> this entire list of characters all have very high standards so uh, to themselves yeah. and to, to other people like yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's gotten to the point where my mom has remarked to me before because she's she's a more patient and more tolerant type, and she's kind of like, "Wow, you're such a hard ass. Like you're you're kind of like stuck up." And I'm like, "Yeah, thanks, mom." <laughs> <laughs> In regards to like how I view people, and like surprisingly, I do pass like I try not to pass judgment because you know people are who they are they're who they are because of certain circumstances or because of what life makes them out to be but there are some mistakes that people will make that i'm just like yeah you know i don't vibe with that that is a that is a new low that i've not seen before in a long time so uh okay so um the last one that we'll discuss briefly on is our shame zero from vampire night how did you feel isabel when you saw his name on that list <laughs> i was like I, I felt like i was surprised and also not surprised at the same time like oh zero's on this list that's interesting i want to talk about him but also was like oh my god it's zero we have to talk about him just because <laughs> <laughs> just because vampire night has been on our podcast so many times <laughs> It is the sin that we have to to, to bear the cross <laughs> for, right? To bear the burden of that sin. <laughs> exactly. We're all guilty of it. Even I'm guilty how, of yeah, it. Yeah, how do you feel? At the time this? when I was growing up. Okay, well, at the time when I was growing up, I was definitely like, wow, Zero's so cool. You know, he's really edgy. He's got a pistol. You know, he's got chains. You know, that's, that's the edgy teenage vibe, right? And then when I became an adult, I'm like, wow, he is such a simp and he is pathetic. <laughs> Because I am also pathetic. <laughs> I was like, I do you want to talk about, about your simpiness <laughs> and your patheticness to Agnes? <laughs> oh, gosh. I think I think a lot of the um, similar... Actually, despite how terribly written Vampire Night is, you do see a lot of the ISTP qualities in Zero. The whole, like, I have to do it myself. For all the listeners, I have never had someone come over to my apartment not know how to work a gadget and insist on figuring it out themselves literally every single oh. one of my friends if they don't know how it works they just ask and i show it to them and they figure out no when i literally offered myself and i was like agnes i can show you she was like no i'm going to figure it out on my own that has never happened to me before that was me with a rice cooker at your apartment yes i that has genuinely never happened to me before and the fact that it happened with her i was like this is a brand new experience i have never had in my <laughs> apartment and i mean we okay but like it it part of it is because of self-reliance and independence that is a core part uh -huh. of it but also because i'm very curious to know how it works uh -huh. too so i'm just like no i must know how to do it uh -huh. myself <laughs> so what do you mean uh-huh so anyway so zero both embodies like both of that is that that self-dependency he's going to figure it out on his own no matter what it takes including when he literally needs blood or he's going to go effing insane he's still going to figure it out on his own and then there's also the fact that despite everything he is kind of curious about a lot of stuff a lot of have you guys thought about how a lot of the problems he runs into is literally because the like cat got like you know uh curiosity killed the cat like he he just saw something that was a little weird he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna follow this and then he gets himself into this into a situation so mm -hmm. um so that's another thing with zero but yeah he despite everything is a pretty good representative of istp of that independence of that intense emotions that 
he doesn't want to accept and he doesn't want to sort of address and see for himself and he just mutes himself um his whole like you know okay with like just standing by and protecting yuki and all that stupid stuff that hawk did you know hawk and zero should have a talk they should they should have had a talk. <laughs> <laughs> they're very similar in that regard and on top of that the final thing that actually all these characters embody is that tendency to lash out when they go from zero to 100 and so um we've talked about this before in this episode but there is a thing about istps where because they um try to deny their feelings so hard and so like intensely sometimes it just all comes tumbling out and it always comes out as anger so that's also why zero will just snap and just be very angry and in fact if my entire list of characters they all do that like kabakura does it iwachan does it i'm sorry agnes I, he's iwachan to me um, iwachan does sure. it um you know uenoyama from given he snaps as well and in particular, I, I kind of like want to talk about a particular clip that we see really clearly with Kyo, because Kyo and from Fruits Basket really struggles with that. Like he'll just snap and just get very angry. And there's a very hilarious clip where he couldn't help, but it's like all his emotion just boiled up and he was ready to snap. And, but it's with Toru and he really doesn't want to snap at her. So he like forces himself to like get less angry to just be calm enough to tell her to like walk away <laughs> and go do something else. But the reality is he's barely holding on because that anger is still very much at the forefront and threatening to like spill out. And Agnes, I feel like that is kind of like your embodiment in regards to like what happens when your emotions just pile up and you're ready to snap. But then you realize the other person is like someone is very kind and like feels a lot. And you're like, I can't do this to them. But you just like you just kind of have to like force yourself down, you know? Yeah, no, that's definitely happened a lot of times before, because like I said before in this episode that I've come across a lot of more sensitive, more kind people that, you know, can make foolish mistakes or don't realize that they get in these situations. And for me, I can clearly see that because I am the type of person who doesn't want to be in any of these situations. And so I'll see the red flags almost immediately. And I am like so close to telling them, are you stupid? Like, do you <laughs> not see these signs? But then I realize that if I tell them that, they're going to draw away from me, they're not going to like me, or they're going to feel like they're being ostracized. I have to, like, tamper down on everything and be like, okay, homegirl, I'm going to have to lay out to you that this might not be safe or this might be kind of wrong for you to do, so just, just hear me out, okay? <laughs> and try not to, like, actually insult them because I am, like, very close to insulting people. When I get angry... I typically insult people very rapidly to the point where I don't mince my words. And I don't want to do that against somebody who's just already very kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, we actually managed to get through all the ISTP characters. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, you know, Agnes, do you see yourself in all these characters? Like, do you like, does it make when I set that list as quote unquote embarrassing as it was for you to see like, 80%, 90% of them are just guys that girls thirst over. Um, did, like, did you like instantly see sort of that similarity and be like, oh my gosh, yeah. Because, you know, if I say Oeka, you're like, that man's not me. But if I say Iwacha, <laughs> that man's yeah. you, not well, me. I mean, even if it's okay, like if I say like Zangsu or even Ino Inosuke, you're like, that's not me. Oh, yeah. absolutely. No, no, no. I wish I could be Inosuke, but I'm not Inosuke. Yeah, sure. so it's like, you know instantly that that's not you. But did you feel where when you said that list, you're like, oh gosh, like those are me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the moment I saw that, I was groaning in despair because 
because, oh my God, I see all my bad habits in them. <laughs> and oh my God, that's also everybody sims after these characters. So it's like double despair. <laughs> when I was looking at this list and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to mentally prepare myself this week for this. Otherwise, I'm just going to be moaning and griping and being very dramatic on this podcast. <laughs> and, you know, Isabel, like you've made so many accurate observations. Did you just make them up as we're talking like not make them up but like did you just see them as we're talking about it or has that been something that you've been observing sort of connecting on yeah I think I mostly just came up with it on the podcast but also it helped that I I was able to see Agnes in person last week and I was like observing her in person in real time you were observing me like a spy I feel like you you probably attract people more than you know because I was like oh Agnes that's cool why are you doing that or something like that what 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 was I doing that was cool when I was at the apartment (laughs) just the way you exist and the way you talk and uh you know the things that you do and I I I did wonder why you didn't ask for help from Gracie for the rice cooker but it's all good Uh, (laughs) yeah and then just the fact that you know uh I think we came back from the apartment and then we um, had some extra uh, leftover meat and you just immediately just started cooking and things like that. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And I was just there standing. I was hungry. But you just like took it up. That's all that matters. I'm going to cook for all you guys. I'm going to make the rice. And I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just very nice. Oh my God, you're exactly like my mom. She'll just be like, can you cook for me? And she'll like hover and she'll be like, wow, you're so good. I'm like, what do you mean? I learned it from the internet, mom. (laughs) So I, I see. I, I understand now what you mean by that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this ISTP anime characters episode. We are going to cover every single personality type. So for the people who are like, oh, do ESFJ or ESTJ or something like that. Uh, it's coming up. Even if it's not one of our personalities, it's we're still going to talk about it. We're just starting off with ours because that's the easiest one. So you bet your ass that we are going to talk about ISFP, which is Isabel's. So not immediately next week, but we will talk about hers next for another MBTI episode. But regardless, I hope you guys will be here with us next time. And yeah, I hope you guys, uh, you know, continue supporting us. You can follow us at girltaku underscore AT. Yes, we're still on Twitter. We'll let you guys know if we move anywhere else. But thank you guys so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.